Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, Happy Thursday. We know that you're super busy as you head into this weekend at your church, and we're just honored that you would take some time out uh, to put us in your earbuds to to listen in on today's conversation. I'm super excited uh, to have Pastor Randy Hollis from Believer's Church in Louisville, Kentucky, um, and also Trip Kreitz from an organization that you probably haven't heard of, but I'm excited for you to get a a bit exposure to today. It's called Poverty Dignified, and, and he's calling in from Charlotte today. Uh, Pastor, uh, welcome to the show today, Randy. It's good to be here. Glad to have this opportunity, Rich. Yeah, this is going to be great. I thought we could start um, by you giving us a kind of a bit of a story, a bit of the background. Give us a flavor for Believer's Church there in Louisville. Well, Believer's Church is a a church of about 500 members. We're not a really large church. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been here 18 years. I came uh, at the calling of the Lord 18 years ago, and we are... uh, uh, equipping and uh, getting ready to start a second campus on the other side of Louisville. And yeah, we're just real excited about what's going on here. And we've been involved in missions for years. Mm -hmm. Now, if people were to come to Believers or they were to kind of come to your services on on a weekend, give us a sense of kind of the flavor of your church. What what would they experience when they, when they come besides stellar preaching from yourself? Okay. (laughs) Uh, We are very involved in contemporary worship. We have an incredible band. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we do about a 20 to 30 minute worship set. We have environmental worship. I'm not familiar. Uh, I'm not familiar with environmental worship, but mm. environmental worship, which is we've uh, bought some really high end projectors and we project on most of the walls in the church. Mm. So it's very involved in lights and uh, uh, you're, you're going to get a pretty good dose of lights and sound when you come. Yeah, very cool. Uh, a contemporary. I dress even though I'm getting up there. I'm, I'm 58, but I dress in blue jeans and, uh, you know, wear a casual shirt and uh, do about 25 minutes teaching or preaching. And uh, so we're very involved. It's an immersive type atmosphere. Very cool. And it sounds like earlier you were saying you've done a kind of a bunch on the missions or kind of international compassion uh, front, which obviously is germane to today's conversation. Give us a sense of the types of things over the history of your church that you've been involved in. Okay, um, let's see. Well, we've always been very involved in missions giving, and I'd mm-hmm. like to talk about that for a couple of minutes uh, mm-hmm. later on uh, as we move along. But we've been very involved in missions giving, and then also we've uh, I've gone to China, Communist China, and mm-hmm. uh, done some teaching over there in Shanghai, Nanjing, mm-hmm. Beijing, snug, uh, smuggled laptops in, and then sent the Word of God on DVD. They don't call it DVD over there, but... Mm-hmm. Sent it on their format to them. Sent the word of God later, so we smuggled in a lot of laptops hmm. and involved there. I've been to uh, Ethiopia. We went to Ethiopia and, and did a huge crusade. I spoke to about four hundred thousand people at one time, wow. um, and made that trip and went multiple to to the crusade multiple times. I've been to the Philippines and done very large crusades over there. I've been to Norway, uh, Europe. Hmm. Uh, Ireland, been to, been to several places in the world to do missions work. Now, you said we were talking about missions giving. Give us a sense of what that's looked like as a kind of a part of your history as a church. Well, good. I'm glad you followed up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've always been very involved in missions giving. Uh, a lot of denominations, we're not a denomination, but a lot of denominations do partners in missions, and we in the past have been involved in partners and missions where a guy comes through on what you would call deputation mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> you know puts his passion his burden out there and then you give to that what we found is that a lot of times you're not uh, you, you have no follow-up you you mm-hmm. give give and give and you really don't know what the guy's doing in his location unless he's doing some kind of a blog or podcast or or sending out uh, multiple emails to you throughout the year to update you on what they're doing you don't really have a good sense of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and so I'll I'll give you an example we we built um, for a missionary in Guatemala we built the head church the Bible College and two of their main churches Mm -hmm. over and when we did that, when we gave sacrificially, the guy said, you know, we're going to have your music group come, and they're going to open up the dedicatory service, and on and on and on. And this is kind of a nightmare story, but, but I'm <laughs> a lot of money, built those three facilities, and then they actually never followed up and, mm. and brought us into the scenario. Hold on one second. I'm mm-hmm. yeah, That's fine. Um, so anyway, they, they they never followed through. So we even though we built the buildings and the Bible college and the two other the two other churches, uh, we never really had any follow through. Hmm. And so gish, giving without accountability for me as a pastor is a thing of the past. Hmm. And that's why we're doing what we're doing with poverty dignified. Yeah, that's that's great. I, you know, unfortunately, I wish that was a rare story, but you know, you've you've heard that from many church leaders where they're engaged in you know, some sort of international giving, and um, it, it falls through. It, it, it's hard to track. It's hard to understand, you know, what where did, what, where did all that money go? We had that happen at our church um, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, and, and our partner, our U.S.-based partner, eventually came back to us, you know, two years later, and more or less hat in hand and said, there's a significant donation um, that just basically went away, and they apologized, but they're not entirely sure where it went. Um, and they're trying to figure figure that out, and so that's unfortunate. Now, so you, so then, obviously, you're predisposed to helping internationally. You've done a lot internationally, and you got connected with Poverty Dignified. How did you get connected with this organization? What what happened there? Well, I've I've got a lifelong friend that's been been in ministry about as many years as I've been in ministry, which is about 35 years, mm-hmm. and uh, we've actually traveled some internationally, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so he called me and and told me that uh, his brother. Lloyd, which pastors uh, a church out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, was involved with the, this team, actually members of his church that had developed Poverty Dignified mm-hmm. and had a really cool plan for missions. And so that's how I got involved was through a friend. Mm-hmm. And then I flew to Charlotte and walked, actually walked through the franchise that I am now purchasing the first mm-hmm. franchise for Africa. Mm-hmm. And I walked through the franchise and just said, this is what I've always been looking for. Mm, interesting. So why don't you explain to us, let's pretend for a moment that we're a member of your church, and um, you went out to explain what is Poverty Dignified? What is this solution that we're talking about? How do you explain that to your uh, the people at your church, Pastor? Okay. Uh, first of all, we had slides and everything. When, yeah. And Trip actually came to my church and helped. Uh, oh, me good. Things like that. But anyway, what Poverty Dignified is, is you have a storage unit, uh, a, a shipping container mm-hmm. that you completely convert into a charging unit. It has um, solar panels on the top, has 500 charging units, 
that we give out in the community as, as these people come in and purchase a small charging package, and I'll let Tripp talk about that later, mm-hmm. but they come day in, day out. Um, 72 million people in Africa have cell phones. The average wow. African walks a day and a half to charge their phone. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Johannesburg, um, beautiful city, has three- and four-hour brownouts every day. Mm-hmm. It's almost chaotic. Mm-hmm. So to have consistent electricity, especially out in the bush, they, they don't at all. Okay. So we set this charging station, if you please, up in a community that can support it, and they come and get um, their charger every morning. It'll be full, and they leave off their empty one. They get two chargers. So they leave up their empty one, and they go home with that. They get two LED lights, which brings light to their home. Trip, help me if I mess up on this. 40% of all the children under the age of 17 that die, die from paraffin poisoning. They literally sit next to a kerosene lamp hmm. and try to study, and um, uh, they don't. Uh, they inhale all these fumes. And they pass away from it. Now, did I lose you or not? No, that that makes sense. I guess the the disconnect for me uh, so far, if I'm a person sitting in your pew, is like, so why are we doing this? So we're why would we get involved in like I understand what you're saying. Okay, so there's solar power. We're going to do some sort of charging thing. We're helping provide help people keep their cell phones on. Uh, we're helping you know provide electricity for or light in their in their homes. That makes sense to me. Uh, but why as a church would I get involved in that? Okay. The reason I asked if I lost you is because my screen went blank. Oh, <laughs> <didn't even> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. So I'll finish. Um, in the process of bringing electricity and charging to their home, they're also getting a small tablet. Mm-hmm. On that small tablet, I'm able to put the gospel on the tablet mm-hmm. that everyone that gets picks up their package, and there'll be 500 packages. They all get a tablet, and they all get a direct connect from me as a pastor, mm-hmm. and I'm able to reach... I'm going to say a minimum of 2,500 people with the gospel Hmm. weekly. I'm going to have my little podcast, my little blog out there, and I'm going to be reaching them. They're going to be able to go onto my website. They're going to be getting – I'm actually starting an internet radio Hmm. uh, um, service that will be 24-7 that they'll be able to listen to in their homes that will come through this. So they're all going to have a direct connect with me, and I've got accountability. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know how much business I'm doing over there. I know how many people I'm reaching. Uh, they're going to be able to give me instant feedback. It's an amazing breakthrough in technology, and that's what I'm excited about. So, Trip, how do you do? So, Trip's from Poverty Dignified. What's your, uh, you know, give him a little feedback. How, uh, what pieces did we miss there? How, or how's he doing there? Oh, Pastor Andy, you did great. That was a very good uh, explanation of Poverty Dignified. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm as excited as Pastor Randy is about what we're doing down there. And, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Randy was talking about, you know, and you asked uh, Pastor Randy, what, what were some of the reasons why your church wanted to get involved in that? And some of the things that Pastor Randy and the congregation and I had spoken of was the ability now for a church to be able to start their own missions work, to be able mm-hmm. to, to say, hey, we put these franchise units in place. We not only employ people out of the community, but we also now have a missions work that is there that's established. And the big part is it's sustainable. 
We don't have to continue every single month now or year to write a check and support our missionaries down there and our missions work because it's sustainable. We have revenue coming in now. And so not only are all is the budget met, but every day we directly control the content that's put on each one of those mini tablets. We speak every day to 2,500 people and we share with them the gospel. We're an extension. They're an extension of our church. It's almost like having a satellite church, Rich. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. And so now also, Pastor Randy and his congregation, let's say that there's a, uh, there's a person there who's in education and she's been a teacher for years and she's always wanted to uh, volunteer her time to help people on the mission field but couldn't go on the mission field. Now, because we have Wi-Fi, we create hotspots right there around our franchise units. She can literally, Rich, pick up a, uh, a, an iPad and she can log in and, and then actually tutor people that are there, kids that need wow. help with a certain subject. So she can be on the mission field helping and being a part of changing people's lives right from the comfort of her own home. And so what it does is open up a real new, uh, a new opportunity for people to be involved where they couldn't before. And instead of taking a passive approach to missions, they can take an active approach to missions. Hmm, fascinating. Now, you're using language that might be losing people a little bit. You're talking about franchise and you're talking about okay. um, you know, making a profit. Now, so are we talking here, is this a, like a donation that the church is making? They're dropping all this into the field. And you know, how, is that, how is this any different than just kind of a more typical um, kind of international compassion work. I'd like, I'd like to answer that if you don't mind. I may not do a good job, so Trip may need to jump back in. We're trying to end uh, the welfare mentality in missions. Hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with putting a business on the ground that is making a profit, that is sustaining a missionary and mm -hmm. keeping him in the field. He does not have to come back every four years to go around the country and beg for money. He's not dependent upon the whims of somebody giving their $25 partner admission pledge every month, but he's out there. This is sustainable. The, this business is going to go somewhere between 75 and 150,000 a year in profits after everybody's paid. Not only that, but we're lifting the community. Mm -hmm. When we go in with this, we hire a manager and then we hire 10 other representatives that go around to the homes with their iPads and show them what's downloadable for the week and what's available and what's free from the Believer's Church for the week, on and on and on. So we're tapping into funds that they're already spending locally. They're, they're picking up uh, they're either walking a day and a half to get their phones charged or they're paying somebody to get in a taxi and ride to the nearest town to get it done. Hmm. Paying 25 cents per charge is what the average is. So we're helping them by letting them do this in their own home and we're bringing the gospel to them and, and we're bringing electricity to them. We're, we're also tackling the mountain of influence here. We're in the industry and we're, we're, we're actually taking the lead in in video, in music, and all of these, and kind of controlling what they're seeing and what they're hearing over the internet. Mm -hmm. And um, not that we want to be control freaks here, but but we're steering that vehicle. We're going into areas where it's like the 1800s. They don't have any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing it to them, and the first message they're hearing is the gospel message with it. Hmm. 
Very cool. Trip, how, how does it how how does leveraging kind of market dynamics help with helping people on the ground ultimately? You talk about poverty dignified is the you know the name of your organization. How is that helping to raise people up rather than you know maybe taking advantage of folks on the field? Great question, Rich. And the way we approach that is that Poverty Dignified, what we're interested in doing is empowering not only the individual, but also the community and the local economy. So what we did was we took a look, because we're businessmen, we're entrepreneurs, we, you know, we, we love the Lord, we want to see the gospel go forth, but we want to see people empowered and, and raised up out of that poverty condition into a dignified condition. And there's, a, and there's a way that that can happen. The people we found in Africa primarily are, are not looking for more handouts. They, they, they don't want that dependency anymore. They want to be empowered to rise up out of these conditions that they're in and to be able to learn what's necessary so that they can uh, become what they believe God's called them to become. And so what we've done is taken that approach, Rich, where we want to raise up entrepreneurs there. We want to give them the tools that they need to be successful, not only to change their lives, but to impact their community and even local economy. And mm. so that's the thrust of, of Poverty Dignified. So when we go into an area, what we say is, how can we help these people? How can we train them? How can we give them the tools that, that are necessary for them to change the condition that they're in? Mm -hmm. So we looked at, you mentioned a second ago about uh, how is this franchise and you might be losing. Let me explain that real quick. Mm -hmm. So we took a look in these rural areas in Africa and we said, look, there's basic needs that are there. We got people that are walking three days to charge their cell phone. We got people that are breathing in this paraffin fumes from these, uh, from the, you know, uh, just light for two hours a night to study by and it's killing them. We, we, we saw that the education was non-existent, and where it was existent, it was so uh, just crude. It, it, it was so substandard. Mm -hmm. And we thought, there's got to be a way that we can provide better solutions to the problems that these people have in rural areas. Even in South Africa, Rich, which is one of the most industrialized, Johannesburg is, uh, most industrialized cities in all of Africa. They, the, the company there, ESCOM, told us they would be 10 years in getting power out to the rural areas. And wow. yet here are these people out there crying for some kind of simple solution to their basic daily need for power. So we just took simple products. We took uh, LED lights. We took uh, a battery that you could charge. We took a, um, uh, a mini tablet that's the size of your iPhone with a four-inch screen. And we, we put them together in a kit. Mm -hmm. And we said... If we could deliver these out to the people, we could start to change their lives. But how are we going to deliver that to them? Mm. And we thought, well, there's 40-foot shipping containers all over the place on the ground in Africa. Why don't we take these shipping containers and turn them into a business, a franchise concept? So we put solar panels all across the top. We have a solar panel inside that provides the charge or the power necessary to charge the 500 batteries that Pastor Randy was talking about. And so now every day we're a simple battery exchange business where mm -hmm. they have a battery that provides them the charge that they need for these basic devices for seven hours a day on the mm -hmm. one battery. Wow. Then they simply come and exchange that battery the next day. We give them a fully charged battery and plug that one in so it's ready for them the next day. And so we said that would be our delivery vehicle. And then we said, well, how do we get you know, churches involved in that? How can we start to make this a business opportunity? So we set the franchise structure in place, did a full franchise disclosure document. We're a full franchise uh, organization, just like McDonald's or Wendy's or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So now churches like Pastor Randy's can come and they can say, you know what? 
If I buy one of these franchises, I can set it down in a rural area. It can be an extension of my church. I can change people's lives on a daily basis as well as generate the revenue necessary to cover all of my expenses. And now whatever's left over, then the missionary down there can send it back to the church. What a paradigm shift that is, <laughs> where, where the missionary is supporting the, the church instead of yep. the church supporting the missionary. And so that's where the franchise concept came from, Rich. Interesting. Now, so how? What kind of investment does a church, you know, need to make to even, you know, be thinking about getting involved in something like this? Well, the franchise costs one hundred and five thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Now, you might think, wow, that's a lot of money, you know, for a church. But most churches are spending somewhere between fifty and one hundred thousand dollars a year supporting missions anyway. Mm -hmm. So, if a church decides, you know, this is part of of our missions plan, this is what we feel like is a great strategy for us, then they can purchase a franchise. Mm -hmm. And then they then they engage with the management company that's down on the ground in Africa, who literally sets up the franchise, does the site uh, selection for them, uh, mm -hmm. recruits and hires the employees, and also uh, works with the missionary that will be overseeing that franchise. And then what happens is the 500 kits, Rich, that that each of the customer will have, they can support mm -hmm. 500 customers. They purchase those kits, okay. and then that revenue that comes from the purchase of those kits. Then is what is the you know what is used there for the, to cover the budget and things of that nature. And so we've worked with the banks. The banks wanted to expand their footprint out into the rural areas, so they're providing what's called microfinance loans to mm -hmm. the people in the area, so they don't have to come up with the full amount for the kit right out of the bat. They can spend monthly what they're already spending on products mm -hmm. that are substandard. And we give them world-class education on those uh, media, uh, on the tablets. They, they can have anywhere from 12th grade to a college degree on wow. a mini tablet. <laughs> and it's world-class. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that's kind of the revenue stream without getting too much into the details. But the first-year revenue uh, is, comes in at about $120,000. That's 53% EBITDA. And people will go there, what's EBITDA? Just cash flow after you paid everything. You, mm -hmm. You're at 120,000. So first year, you really uh, can project it, make your 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 investment back, and then mm -hmm. every year after that, if you do nothing but service those 500 customers that you already have, you'll have something that sits there at about $75,000 a year cash flow, and mm -hmm. just continues to speak into the people's lives every year thereafter. Interesting, fascinating. So on the ground, you answered you know question I was going to go you know ask, which was. You know, on the ground, the actual end users, it's like a subscription-based kind of system where every month they're paying for the right to be able to exchange um, batteries. Yes. Hey, hey, can I jump in real quick? They're Absolutely. Paying, they're paying anyway. They're mm -hmm. already paying for the kerosene. They're already paying for, you know, that we've already figured those numbers out. I. I hope that suffices. If it doesn't trip, you can jump back in. But I do want to add one thing. Yeah. We give 10% back to the community leaders mm. of the community where this is set. We give, we have to, 10% yeah. every year. Then for the 10 employees that we have involved as well, the 10 employees that I will be employing, we're paying them an average of $300. Is it $300 a month? Isn't that right, Trip? That is correct, yes. They've never seen that kind of money. They're uh, one of the chief waiters at one of the top five-star hotels in Jan Johannesburg. Been there 18 years. He's making three or four hundred dollars a month. We're putting, we're taking top ten of the top people in the community there and giving them a job that they would never get any other way. We're lifting the community. Okay, with the profits that come back, 
it's at our discretion if we want to if we want to put a well in the community mm -hmm. want to put a little uh, clinic in the community whatever we're able to do those things but that's at our discretion we're mm -hmm. lifting the whole community as we go that's something that's never been done in Michigan well yeah. not to this degree right that's fascinating um, anything you want to add there trip uh, no, Pastor Randy covered it. Uh, covered it great. Uh, your question, uh, if I answered it correctly, mm -hmm. uh, completely, is the batteries that they're paying for each month. Yes, uh, when they purchase a kit, they that includes the battery charging uh, for that whole year, uh, as well as monthly downloads of content onto the uh, mini tablets. So that's all inclusive. Well, this is a fascinating, uh, you know, solution. I think it's, you know, an interesting approach. Um, I think it's, you know, obviously very innovative, and I'm excited to see kind of as it rolls out, as you have more churches come online, as you see, you know, impact happen uh, on the ground. Just kind of as we wrap up, um, is there anything else you'd like to say, kind of in conclusion? Anything you'd want to make sure that uh, people hear, trip as we as we close up? Well, Rich, I would just like to invite anyone that's interested in finding out more information about uh, what we do. Uh, mm -hmm. They can go to our website, which is mypower-solutions.com. That is the name of the franchise concept, My mm -hmm. Power Solutions, and it's at mypower-solutions.com. There they can register, and they can actually go in and see the full-blown uh, franchise presentation as well as get information about what we do, how we do it, and if they're interested in a franchise, they can contact us for more information. Very cool. What about you, Pastor Randy? If, if people want to get in touch with you, or is there anything else you'd like to share in, in conclusion? Yeah, I would. Um, many of you will probably recognize the name Wesley Career. Wesley mm -hmm. won the Boston Marathon about four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, Wesley um, affectionately calls me dad. Mm -hmm. um, Wesley's story is a beautiful one. He comes to America, runs races so he can go back and help his people. Mm -hmm. We fly a young man from Kenya by the name of Pusen Antika. He came here this last month, ran a race in Louisville, set a world record with another young man. He, he came mm -hmm. in second, but they both set new records uh, in the half marathon. Wow. And he came to run to make money so he could go home and educate his children. Education is not free over there. Mm -hmm. So... The revolutionary thing that's happening here is I think the average cost over there is around $50 a month to educate a child. Hmm. Okay? We're lowering that to $10 a month with these tablets. The hmm. Education systems through the roof excited. Um, I just think it's a great opportunity for us to change. I'm more excited about changing the paradigm of missions mm -hmm. and how we move across the world. Uh, with missions, we need to not only give them the gospel. We need to give them hope. We need to; they need to see a way out of their situation. We're taking an agrarian setting and tweaking it a little bit mm -hmm. to where they can go someplace in their own community to find um, employment, help, and that kind of thing. I think a lot of things. We're just touching the tip of the iceberg here today. There's a lot more that's going into this than just a charging station. We've got many. We've stepped two, three, four, five, six. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's it on my end. Um, you get a hold of us by going to thebelieverschurch.com, thebelieverschurch.com, and uh, uh, we'll try to reach out any way we can to help people. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity to talk to you today, Rich. Good meeting you, even if it's on video. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so 
That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, thank you so much for being on today, guys. I'm, I'm excited to echo what you're saying there, Randy. The part I find intriguing about this is I think it is one of those ideas that has the opportunity to spring other ideas and really ultimately, I think, impact the way we do international compassion and mission work. And so I, I'm super excited to have you guys on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>